everyone, welcome back to the Downtown Discussion. I'm Blake Fisher, the Viva Downtown Program Coordinator, and we're here on the Downtown Discussion where we highlight the people who enhance downtown through social, cultural, and economic development. And I'm excited to introduce Mr. Alex Hoffbelden, the new Managing Director of the Historic Cascade Theater. Alex, thanks for being here today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. This is really cool to have you here. And, you know, it's January, it's 2023, it's the new year, and you are the new managing director of the Cascade Theater. So welcome to downtown Reading. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm new as of October 1st of 2022. So this is my fourth month. This is exciting. And with that, you I say welcome to downtown Reading. You've been a Readingite for a while and you knew Cascade Theater when it was a duplex because you were living out in Weaverville, weren't you? Yes, yeah. No, I've uh, I was born here in Reading uh, back in uh, 1966 and uh, have always lived either in Reading or around Reading area my whole life and this has always been the big city to me until I graduated college and moved up to Seattle, but that was a really big city. But Reading was always the place to go, the just the, the hub of all activity. And it still is, which is what we're here about. Thanks for saying that. And with the Cascade Theater, that is our cultural beacon here in downtown Reading. And it's gone through a lot of transition in just the last 20 years. Do you know a little bit about the history of Cascade Theater that you can share before we get into kind of what you're doing with the Cascade now? Yeah, I would say a good brief history of the Cascade Theater is that it was built in 1935. It was right around the time when they were planning the dam, so a lot of the cement they were making for the dam for Shasta Lake actually was used in the construction of the Cascade Theater. One of the walls in the back area right backstage is actually so thick of concrete that that was why it is being preserved. There was a point where they almost tore that building down, that beautiful historic building almost got torn down, but the thickness of the concrete made it too expensive to tear down. Whoa. So therefore, preservation happened through an economic situation, which, again, we're all so proud of and happy for because that's why we still have that lovely gem, the, just the gorgeous, amazing art piece that it is. Um, so then uh, it had a, a wonderful career between 1935 and somewhere in the 70s as being an amazing live venue. Uh, they created it for not just first-run movies, but for also vaudeville tours. Um, hence, that's why we have this lovely fly loft that can handle 18 different line sets of set set drops and different types of uh, things that can support the vaudeville theater. Um, so, and that's also, I believe, why it ties in with the artwork that we have uh, on the ceiling is kind of that idea of the showgirls and the comedians that tour through Reading as they were touring around the United States back in those times. Then it's just had a great history of live music, movies, all the way up until the point where uh, it was bought out by, I can't remember the company though, uh, insert company here, <laughs> um, the movie theater that, that made it a fourplex. They actually divided the downstairs into two screens and then the upstairs balcony became two screens. And so in their mind, they could then service Reading better by giving you four movies at a time to choose from, hmm. which then as a kid, I remember being, uh, it was around 77 was when I first went to a movie there. I was only 11 years old and just loving that fourplex, just the fact that I could watch a movie and then we could, if we wanted to, we could stay and watch two movies, two different movies all in the same day. And it was just really, really lovely. But we never knew that that just gorgeous artistic interior 
the architecture that was revealed and shown to everybody in 2004 when the renovation happened and it reopened as what is now the cascade that we know of today. Um, and again, being a podcast, we can't show you those images, but just come visit. Um, we will be giving regular tours and you'll see the history of the theater just right there before your eyes. It is just gorgeous. Thank you for saying that. It is one of the most beautiful pieces of artwork in our downtown and Reading Cultural District. I, what I know of is that it's an art deco piece, and I think there's only one other art deco piece here in downtown, and that would two others, and that would be our post office over on uh, Yuba Street. The post office is art deco, and the Veterans Hall is art deco too. So those were all created at the same time as our Cascade Theater. Um, which is great piece of history and artwork that we do have in our downtown core. And with the Cascade Theater, you've, you've got to see it when it was a fourplex, and you get to see it now as this beautiful you know, place for all of the community. When do you think you can start implementing tours that we can start inviting people to check that out before, um, if they're not just attending a show? Yes, well, um, I'm hoping, I'm working with the volunteers right now because they're most of the volunteers we have are the most knowledgeable about the history of the theater because they had been offering tours for the last uh, 18 years since it's been renovated and opened. Um, and we're working on hopefully scheduling something for starting in March where every Saturday and Sunday uh, you could go online and you could basically register for a tour and then a volunteer will meet you at the theater and give you a full tour and full history of the theater space. Um, we're hoping that that'll pick up in popularity because we've already heard um, that a lot of people are coming to the theater when we're not open wanting a tour. And so we really want to meet that need. Uh, we've heard that it's one of the top 10 things to see in Reading. One person actually said it was one of her top three things to see when she was visiting Reading. And luckily that person I got to meet because I was uh, working in the lobby and they were like looking through the front doors and I'm like, oh, how can I help you? And they're like, oh, we would just love to see the inside. So I gave them a tour. They were so happy and thrilled and they were just passing through. They didn't even have time to stay for a show we had that evening. But again, they just wanted to see the space because it was so beautiful and they'd seen some photos, but they wanted to see it with their own eyes how gorgeous it was. We've had some incredible, amazing acts come through this Cascade Theater, too. I know at some point Jason Mraz was over at the building. We, um, we were getting ready. What's called the Alabama Blind Boys were just there. Um, I think the biggest show that I heard last year from the community was when the Beach Boys uh, came and toured at the Cascade Theater. That's really cool that we're a world-renowned um, theater that accepts all these incredible artists. Um, but at the same time, we do community theater, too. Uh, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But Alex, now as the managing director, what's been your experience with the entertainment industry? And what were you doing before you arrived at the Cascade? Well, I've been, uh, my whole life has been dedicated to theater. I mean, my, I was just remembering this morning, thinking about this podcast, going, my first memory of theater was being brought to the Highland Arts Center in Weaverville and asked to be the ghost of Christmas future in the Christmas Carol play they did there in the gallery. And so I, I still remember that as like such an amazing experience because it was more of a modern dance because as everyone knows, the ghost of Christmas future has no lines. Basically, they threw a sheet over me and they told me to raise my arm and point at the gravestone. And that was it. And it was just lovely, though. But that moment sparked me into a career where I've worked 
just continuously in theater, whether volunteering for community theater or working for professional theater for my entire life. Mm. Um, I mostly come from the backstage because uh, I was really more enthralled with what makes the magic of theater than actually being a performer on the theater. I have done many performing jobs, whether it's acting or playing music, but I always feel like my place and the place for me is in supporting the experience for the audience. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that is what makes it for me. If I can make that audience member come in and leave and feel like they've gone somewhere, they've been transported somewhere, and that they really left feeling like they're a different person than they came in because of that experience, then I've done my job. Whether that's through lighting design, sound design, set design, management, um, just creating uh, an amazing experience is what my passion is about. So it did kind of seem fitting when I came here and they were looking for someone to manage the theater that I would be in full control of that magical experience for the audience. Mm. And so I've been really this last three months and just every moment, every waking moment, thinking of how can I make this theater better? How can I make this experience for the audience more satisfying? And uh, I tell you, that's just what I, that's what drives me. And I just want anybody to come in there and hopefully be transported or at least if something does not meet to their expectations, to please let me know because I really want us to be one of the most outstanding live theaters in the, the West State. Coast. Yeah, the West Coast. Thanks. I was yeah. saying the North State. Don't limit to just the North State. To that, since you've been here since October, what are some of the things that you've changed or um, have adjusted to make that experience more magical for audience members? Well, my most favorite one for the live music audience is the ability to dance freely. Um, when I came on board, for some reason, there was a weird rule that people couldn't dance. And if they were dancing, they were either escorted out of the building or they were like sent to a small little area where they could dance in a, in a restricted spot or zone. And as soon as I found that out, which only took maybe a week <laughs> until I discovered that, I eradicated all those rules because it seemed very silly. Um, people want to dance. It's music. They want to move. They should be able to. So uh, the first step was to stop that enforcement of no dancing like we were some type of movie from the 80s. What's that one called? <laughs> Footloose. Footloose, yeah, yeah. Like where somehow Reading was Footloose community oh where we, we outlawed dancing. It just seemed ridiculous. So the first thing I, <laughs> I felt like my glorious first uh, achievement was allowing people the freedom to express themselves and enjoy the live music situation that they're in. Of course, if we're doing something like the symphony or we're doing a Christmas, Cascade Christmas, we don't want people dancing in front of people because it's not that type of a show. But if the music moves you and you're at a live music event, you should be able to be free to dance. Yeah. So we're really encouraging that and we really want to bring that back and let people know that if in the past they were discouraged because they couldn't dance, now they can. You can so dance. please come back. We're even removing seats that were also... Uh, kind of in an obstructed area anyway where the seats weren't getting a great shot of the stage. So we're removing those seats, creating more area to dance. So, I, you know, I don't want to just sound like a broken record, but dancing is an amazing expression of an audience that shows that they're really having a wonderful time and it's so filled with joy that I want to support that. That's huge. I didn't even know... Um I didn't even know that that was one of the, the rules attending. So that's a great new direction um, that, that the Cascade's taken. I can't wait to dance now in the audience. What are some other things that you've been working on? 
Um, we've been working on the uh, just quality of the theater. Uh, we're, we're really trying to make the experience um, better on all aspects. Uh, I've been continually just, you know, listening to the sound and watching the shows and the lighting and looking at the rigging of the stage and looking at the whole experience that the, the different visiting artists have coming in and going out mm -hmm. and the audience's experience. I've been in the lobbies just monitoring and watching the audience as they come in and their experience and interactions. I've tried to uh, really work with the entire staff there to make the concessions experience a more fulfilling experience. Mm -hmm. um, sadly, when we have a thousand people all wanting popcorn, it's, it's really difficult to get it to them. But we, we've, we've uh, tried to maximize the staff and we've tried to just make this the best possible situation. So whether it's popcorn, a beer, or a soda, or something that you want, that we'll try to get that to you in a very expedited way. Um, we're still working on that. We're going to try and get another popcorn machine for upstairs because it seems like popcorn is the, is the real big is the real big item that everybody desires. And what's interesting about the Cascade Theater, a lot of people didn't know, is... It's, I think it's the only live music venue that allows popcorn to be sold and eaten inside the auditorium while watching the show. Wow. It's something that is used, to, like usual in movie theaters, which is kind of what we, we are also, you know, a famous movie theater. But yeah, they just, a lot of places just don't like that idea of cleaning up the popcorn and worrying about all that stuff and even having the popcorn machine to begin with for a live music venue. So I think that's wonderful because people love it. It brings joy. Mm -hmm. uh, our custodial people have no problem cleaning everything up after the show. Um, we've seen zero issues there. Right. So to me, anything that brings joy to our audience is something that I want to do more of. So that's what I'm working towards. Well, with the whole magical experience and making sure that an audience member has an incredible memory um, and magical time at the Cascade Theater. I want to commend what has happened since October is that the Cascade Theater marquee um, is now staying lit, I think, Wednesday through Sundays now, right? Well, currently it's it's only Thursday through Sunday, yeah. um, but that's the time when more, the most people are downtown mm -hmm. enjoying the restaurants at night and and going to the different places and walking by. We're working on a way right now where it's just a technological issue is how we get a timer on it so it'll automatically turn on every evening around 6 o'clock and then off around 1 a.m. So then it'll be on seven days a week mm -hmm. or seven nights a week, actually. So that's our goal. Um, but currently, since it is a physical switch at this point, we're trying to at least leave it on Thursday nights through Sunday. Which so I appreciate because when a show wasn't happening, the Cascade Theater would stay dark. And, you know, as, as being that beacon, it's like a lighthouse. That Cascade Theater, you can see at the top of Placer when you're driving down from, um, you know, Mary Lake down to Placer. The first thing you see when the Cascade's on is that big marquee. And um, you could see it when you enter into downtown Reading, when you pull in on Market off of 273. I mean, it's one of the most iconic uh, images that we can see when we you know, recognize downtown and Reading in general. I think it's what, behind the Sundial Bridge, that marquee is located in every single business. And I would love it on 24 hours a day because even during the daylight hours when you're there, parts of it really still look beautiful and accent the, the marquee and bring attention to the posters that we have, the movie posters that are for the live shows. 
but it's that idea that we've brought back that idea of movie posters for our live shows. So when you get there, you're kind of like, oh, it's like the old movie posters in the little framed areas, but they're all live. I mean, we, we only do occasional movies. Um, but to me, those lights really help bring that focus in. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the moment that we can actually have the seven nights a week on. I me think too. that's just going to be amazing. And I do agree with you, Blake, that when I'm around the community, no matter where I am, I see it. Like yeah. even going down Pine Street, which is like I'm like on the opposite side, I'll look back and I'll, I'll like see it. Like just the glow. Yes. And the businesses, what's great about having that Cascade Theater lit on Market Street, even when a show's not happening, is that it changes the whole experience for the street nightlife. Because whether you're attending um, a show or not, you're going to go to 1724 Downtown Bar, Vintage Public House, or Market Street Blade and Barrel. And with that Cascade light on, when you're eating outside, it changes your whole entire experience for the better. And talking about the magical experience that we have for audience, I wanted to ask, how can audience members get involved with volunteering, donating, and just being more you know, in tune with what's going on at the Cascade Theater? Well, the first stop for everything is our website. We really tried hard to make a website that would be a, a unifying portal for people, whether you wanted to help or you just wanted to experience um, anything that you wanted to do to interact with us, you can go to the website at cascadetheater.org and have that interactive experience. What's lovely about it is the ability to you know, sign up to be a volunteer, to, to join our membership, to just peruse what events we have to offer, whether they're the professional touring events or the local community events. We spotlight them all. They're all there. Um, and the history, the whole history of the theater is also there on the website. So it's really beautifully done. And I think it's the best first stop for anybody to see how, you know, they can interact with us. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, once you decide how you want to interact with us, then you got live people because we're going to definitely reach out to you once we know you exist. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to bring you into the fold and, and really just harmonize with whatever it is that you're desiring to do with us, whether it's rent the theater or volunteer and help us or learn more about the history or even be employed by us because we're always looking for part-time people to help and work. Mm -hmm. uh, we're always looking for volunteers to, to do multiple things. Our newest volunteer um, project that we're going to be looking for people to help out with is we want to be involved with First Fridays. So we actually want to be a, a stopping point for people as they're doing their, their downtown art walk experience on the first Fridays of every month. So they can come in, listen to a live musician, enjoy some beverages, some refreshing beverages, and also get those his, history tours and architectural talks and interact with us in another way. Mm -hmm. be another way of being a nice little physical hub where our, you know, our website is our virtual hub. So I love that idea of being there every first Friday and being just available to the public. And for our listeners, I think this is very important to talk about um, how arts and the economy align. Why is the Cascade Theater important to arts and culture and a stimulating business economy in downtown Reading? Because it brings people downtown. Mm -hmm. uh, we have amazing restaurants, amazing galleries, amazing everything here, but all you have is your marketing to bring people down. That does work, but then if you have something like the Cascade Theater, which is actually doing marketing for something a little more unique, an experience of a live show, 
Then you're bringing people from a further geographic location and you're bringing them downtown, a place they wouldn't normally just fall upon on their regular daily outings. And then they see the show and they see downtown and they go, oh, I ate at that restaurant. I'm remembering that. So the next time I'm in this area, I'm going to go back to that restaurant. And then, oh, on my way to that restaurant, I saw this other restaurant. And, oh, there's this gallery. And, hey, let's just stay in this hotel and we're going to just stay downtown Reading for a weekend. And, mm -hmm. wow, this is a really cool place. Let's move here. You know, it just, to me, it just goes on and on. It's like a domino effect. Yeah. But it takes something like the Cascade Theater, which to me I see – similar to like the Turtle Bay, the bridge and the whole experiences that we have, um, all these little special places we have around Reading that bring in people from the outer world and allow them to see the beautiful things we already have and then appreciate them more and then come back for exactly. all those little individual things. Yes. And when the Cascade Theater is selling out a show, that's 999 tickets yep. sold. So you can expect 999 people coming to the downtown core specifically for that show. And before, they're going to support a local business or a restaurant. And after, they're going to mm -hmm. support a local business and a restaurant. And a lot of times, they'll want to stay the night. So then if we, you know, they're doing that, then they have the whole next day that they'll want to explore and, and see what Reading has to offer. That's huge. Yeah. Um, with that, what um, I, my final two questions. What are some things that you're looking forward to for 2023? Shows, acts, and um, big big events happening at the Cascade. Okay, well, my single vision for this year, and it's pretty much been my vision since I've started working, is to make the Cascade Theater the Reading Community Theater it deserves to be. I'm just really trying to embrace the community, uh, welcome the community back to the Cascade, so we can start booking more and more local arts and culture and theater and dance and live music and meetings and conferences. I mean, since I've open this up and we started, uh, we just hired a, uh, a person who's, that's their only job is to interface with the community and bring these groups in. And that's Miss Tara Ferris, that's right? Ms. Yeah. yeah. And she's doing an outstanding job. But since she's been doing that, we've been just hooking up with all sorts of things from week-long conferences to two-night music events to theatrical experiences to dance concerts. You know, it's just, they're just flowing in. And to me, that's what really, I think, makes us a special place is is that we can connect with the community and we can really be a showcase of everything that's Reading. Besides that idea of bringing in these world touring groups and national touring groups and celebrate cultures and entertainment from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But I really love the idea of celebrating Reading for everything it has to offer. And to me, that's my vision for this coming year is to do more and more of that. We have, we're already as in a meeting this morning for a Cascade Christmas, which seems funny because it's <laughs> January, right. but it was a great meeting. It was a brainstorming meeting. We we're just getting excited about another original script, another original adventure that we'll be celebrating with the whole city in December. And it's going to be two weekends. Actually, it's going to open up right after Thanksgiving or that, that weekend and then run for two weekends. And then we're also going to do something special in June, which I can't announce yet. And then uh, the following year, we're going to just continue with doing spring musical, June show, Cascade Christmas, and try to increase our local uh, musical productions and theatrical productions that we'll produce ourselves, plus, again, getting more of the community there, and then also fitting in these really great uh, touring shows all at once. That's so to wonderful. me, I just see nothing but good happening. That's wonderful information. So Cascade Theater is Redding's community theater. I love that. And with that, um, 
what are the hours of the Cascade Theater? Um, where can people get more information besides the website? And um, yeah, where's all the information? Yes, yeah, so uh, our regular hours are for the box office Tuesday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then we're also open Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, we also have the, the phone number of 530-243-8886 where anybody would lovely, anyone, anyone would be happy to answer your questions. Perfect. Um, yeah, and then the website, cascadetheater.org. Uh, and always be wary, because uh, as I search for my own theater, many, many sites come up that try to say they're the Cascade Theater, and a lot of them, sadly, are scammer sites, mm -hmm. and they will try to take your money and just really look to make sure, because even on our site, we put, we you know, this is the official Cascade Theater site, and our ticket prices are always under $100, no matter what. So anything over that, you know, is going to be a scam. And they usually are. They're like up there in the 200s and 300s and $500. So know that we're charging between $20 and $99 the most for almost all of our stuff. So Thanks for saying that. Yes, if you're buying a ticket, that's going to be at CascadeTheatreTRE.org. Uh, and Alex, thank you so much for taking on this big job. I think the Cascade Theater staff is absolutely incredible and all of the volunteers are. So if you're interested in getting involved with the arts and culture community, check out the Cascade Theater. We'll put all the information into the link of this podcast. And I want to say thank you to Jacob Akana, who is our sound engineer for this podcast. And we'll catch you next time in the Downtown Discussion.